Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Live Mike with Lelonsberry. Lelonsberry. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lelonsberry. I haven't had much time to cover this on the program today. We may get into it next week as we learn uh, more details. But in terms of the attitude of the the federal government, specifically the uh, FBI and the various U.S. attorneys uh, around the uh, relevant jurisdictions, those those who have been identified as breaking the law, and for some reason that feels like an understatement, on Wednesday— when they stormed the Capitol building, uh, the, uh, charges are being filed. Justice is being done. Uh, the perpetrators, those criminals, uh, are being sought out. And some of them are being brought into custody facing these charges uh, even after they return home. I, I know that the FBI uh, has launched an effort online soliciting uh, help and insight and tips from whoever may have helpful information regarding uh, the identities and the locations of those individuals who desecrated uh, the, the capital of the United States. So that's good. I'm very glad to hear that. Sorry, uh, the, the conversation we're having now has to do with that video. The video released on Twitter uh, by President Trump yesterday evening uh, where he says a few things. First off, he uh, talks about uh, what I've just mentioned, justice, justice being done. Uh, He asserts that those who did engage in criminality will face the consequences. That's very good. Next, he then goes on to talk about his desire to see immigration reform. He talks in much softer terms uh, than uh, he spoke at that Wednesday rally, which preceded uh, the, the the invasion of the U.S. Capitol. And then lastly, he talked about uh, his acceptance of the events that will take place on January 20th, the inauguration of a new administration. He doesn't use uh, Joe Biden. Uh, he didn't use his name, but... Uh, he does acknowledge that there will be a new administration. He also earlier today made it known that he would not be in attendance uh, at the inauguration. A question I had earlier was whether or not uh, he should change his mind. And uh, failing that, if he stays the course and is absent, should Mike Pence be there in his stead? Uh, To open up the phone lines and kick things off this segment, we have Dean calling from uh, West Valley. Dean, uh, as you hear the words of the president these many days now, it feels like many days, but we're only two days removed from uh, what unfortunately transpired on uh, Wednesday. What do you feel? How do you react? You know, as I listen to that video, uh, and I'm glad you bring up this discussion, it totally disgusted me. It's just another accumulation of more of his lies endless lies that go on to justify his behavior. Should he, should he be in, in attendance at the inauguration? Uh, yeah, that included. Listen, uh, was Adolf Hitler a, a part of the war? He never shot a gun. Should he be held accountable for what he did? 
Yeah, well, I, I understand the point that you're making. I'm uh, grateful to you for calling in and uh, listening to the program. John uh, in Bluffdale calls, uh, respond to the question of whether or not uh, the president, President Trump, should be in attendance after asserting he would not be attending the January 20th inauguration. My question, uh, should Mike Pence attend in his stead representing the outgoing administration? John, what do you think? Okay, I'm sure glad for your show. Uh, one thing that bothered me was President Trump made the statement at the end that him and his followers would be keeping on, keeping on. That bothers me. He should not come to the inauguration, but Vice President Pence should. Another thing that bothers me, President Trump still does not concede he doesn't congratulate Joe Biden for his victory. And another thing that bothered me on the news this morning, one of the national news reporters made the comment. They had a uh, comment recording or a news reporter heard Giuliani make this statement that when they started to march toward the Capitol, Giuliani made the statement to the uh, demonstrators, use combat tactics. Mm. Uh, these people need to go. Yeah. Well, uh, John, listen, I'm grateful to you for your call. Uh, l- let me just say regarding that last uh, comment regarding Giuliani, uh, I-, I-, I heard the words he shared behind the microphone that were heard, you know, by all in attendance. I don't know about any phone call. and I don't know about what uh, what John just said. Uh, I just want to you know make that clear in all fairness here. Um, oh, you know what? I may have a moment ago as I was uh, characterizing the second part of the president's video yesterday. I, I may have inadvertently said that he was calling for immigration reform. N- not true. He was calling for election reform. Uh, and now as I kind of roll back the tape in my mind, I, I did say immigration. I did not mean that. In the, in the second part of the president's uh, address or the video that he distributed via Twitter yesterday evening, he talked for, for nearly a minute uh, about his intentions and the the reason why he had focused so hard on the goings on in in Georgia and Pennsylvania and elsewhere was uh, his uh, intense desire to see election reform. So that's what I meant to say, and that's what the president was talking about. Now, election reform is uh, much softer language uh, when you compare that to uh, the things that he had said in the past and the rhetoric rhetoric he and his supporters. Uh, have adopted. Uh, anyway, so let me just make that clear. Uh, now, the options. You know, w- whether or not you respond favorably to the to the video released by the president yesterday, Vice President Pence, the cabinet, and Congress, uh, they have some decisions to make. Speaker Pelosi has made it known that uh, if, if, Vice President Pence and the cabinet don't come together and explore what options are available to them in Section 4 of the 25th Amendment uh, that she will likely uh, commence impeachment proceedings come next week. Now, you know, I've been like a strategist before and I have, uh, you know, worked in Congress, but uh, never... Never have I been tasked with coming up with strategy regarding the 25th Amendment or impeachment or anything like that. Uh, And so I'll just put that question to you. What should be done? Or, or, do we run out the clock? Were the words shared by the president last night sufficient to calm the fears of those thinking that much damage can still be done? And just run out the clock. 
what is it, 11, 12, 13 days or so until the 20th? Today's the 8th, 12 days? Are we safe running out the clock? If it is the 25th Amendment that is utilized, that leaves the door open for the president to run again. If we run out the clock, that leaves the door open for the president to run again. If it's resignation even, the door remains open for the president to run again. Is it important enough to you to ensure the president doesn't run, regardless of your party, right? Because the Republican Party, uh, if you are of that stripe, you, it, it's a divided party right now. And what Trump decides to do in 2024 very well may shape the trajectory of the Republican Party. With that said, impeachment carries with it an option available to the Senate should they convict and expel him from office. They can elect to preclude him from running for future offices of honor. There is a way in which the president is prevented from ever running for uh, office again. What do you think should happen? 57500, that's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Send me a note. We're going to take a break right now. When we return, we're going to talk national security with the director of the Center for National Security Studies at UVU, Ryan Vogel, my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.